failing the first fruits. When you come to the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God gives you. And you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there. And you shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord your God that I have come into the land which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall make response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramaean was my father. And he went down to Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. And there he became a nation great, mighty, and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bodily. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw, saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land. A land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who is among you. And here ends today's reading. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ralph. Here lately, I've been working on an ancestry project. In just a couple of weeks, I managed to put together a more or less reliable list of over 1,500 grand relatives spanning the last six centuries. The earliest date of birth I have found thus far is 1484, a Michael Adam Jung from Bavaria. I've always known that my ancestry was largely English and German, but I've also found relatives from Switzerland, France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland. So far, there may be more. I've also found over 70 relatives who made their home right here in Pennsylvania, from Philadelphia to Lancaster, and a few in the Lehigh Valley, which I had not previously known. 
When I think about the courage it took for so many people to leave a life they had known and come to a new land, I'm reminded of the smallness of my fears. When I read that a relative was born on a ship traveling to the U.S. from Ireland, I wonder about his mama and what she went through being pregnant on such a voyage. When I think about the fact that not counting aunts, uncles, and cousins many time removed, I can count over 1,500 people as parents of parents of parents in my family line, I feel much more acutely what it means to be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the 17 generations of families that came together so that I could stand here today. It is strange and comforting both to know that I might not have been, yet here I am. Today's reading makes me feel similarly. In it, Moses instructs the Israelites about God's covenantal way of living and blessing in the land of promise. After 15 chapters of his providing core teachings about who and how to be in this new place, Moses returns to ritual, to the way in which the people are to celebrate the summer harvest. Moses doesn't just teach them what to do, but in today's text offers a theological interpretation of why they should do it. Namely, they're called to celebrate and honor all that God has done for them, bringing them, them bringing, excuse me, choice gifts to God in gratitude for the bounty of the land flowing with milk and honey. And so the first three quarters of the text is just this instruction. When you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first fruit of the ground, which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling in his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at the time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. You hear it over and over? The Lord your God. The Lord your God. And this is what they are to say. A wandering Aramean was my ancestor. He went down into Egypt and lived there as an alien, few in number. And there he became a great nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harsh, harshly and afflicted us, by imposing hard labor on us, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I love how Moses frames the giving of the offering to the people. They give the tithe because they recognize the good gift of the earth on which they live. They give because they recognize that one man, Jacob, the wandering Aramean, fled to Egypt to avoid a famine, lived there as an alien for 17 years, and there became a great nation, mighty and populous. Notice how Moses reminds the people where and whom they come from. 
He reminds them that God was with them even when Jacob had to leave his homeland due to famine. He reminds them that they might not have been, but because of God's protection, one family became a whole people, a people to whom they are intimately connected, even if they didn't know them. Jacob became Israel, and Israel became the people to whom Moses is speaking. Notice how he tells the people that they are to speak their history, their survival, as they bring their gifts to the temple. They are to remember the hardship of enslavement, the pain of affliction as they bring their gifts, marking the difference between their toil for a despot and their current prosperity. Many of us have made difficult journeys, journeys marked by hardship and loss. Individuals live in quiet desperation, waiting to be noticed. Families reshape around sickness and death. Whole communities change in response to crises and tragedies. Even so, we recognize the ways in which God has preserved us through trial and, eventually, brings us to a spacious place. We see that though things are different than they once were, we might still enjoy and, yes, share what we have so richly received from the hand of God. Dr. Esther Min writes, According to Jewish tradition, first fruit offerings were made of seven species native to the land, wheat, barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, and dates. This specificity may encourage us to locate ourselves within our particular contexts today, giving thanks and offering what we have been uniquely given by God for the prospering of our neighbors and the larger community. Reflecting on this passage in more contemporary terms, what might be examples of the first fruits we offer to God, our families, the congregation and community, out of a grateful recognition that everything promoting life, health, and peace has been given to us by God. The communal memory in this section of text highlights God's responsiveness to the cries of the people. It also brings to the fore God's amazing power to deliver a people from oppression and provide a future filled with hope and abundance. We might not have been, but because of God's provision, here we are, enjoying the bounty. We can look around and see the community in which we exist and marvel at the gifts the community offers us and marvel, too, at the God who has given them. Having finished his selective oral history, Moses now offers a practical theology. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground to you, O Lord, that you have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down between the Lord your God before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. What are we to do with the bounty entrusted to us? We shall offer it to God first and foremost. Moses tells us that the first fruits of all we have goes to God, recognizing that the holy is the great giver of all things. Most of us no longer live close to the ground like those in this agrarian society. So it is easy to fail to see the connection between God's provision and our very survival. This text is a good reminder for us then. And what do we do after we bring our gifts to the temple? We have a party. 
not for just our familiars, mind. We are to invite the priests who serve in the temple but have no land of their own. That's not true, I own a house. We are to invite the aliens who reside among us, who too are landless, having left behind the life they knew for this place. The reason for that comes earlier in Moses' very long speech in chapter 16. We invite the alien who resides among us because we remember that we too were slaves in Egypt. What would happen if we took seriously the command to invite those who don't have a secure place in the community to celebrate with us? In looking at my ancestry over these last few weeks, I have been reminded anew that it, it, what it means to hope for a better life, to risk the known for the dream of something better. The memory of being landless and vulnerable should cultivate in us a deep empathy for those who are still experiencing such. Today's text celebrates God's generosity and the way it embraces us all. It reminds us that with every harvest, we experience that generosity again and again. And each time we read it, we may remember that we are meant to celebrate that generosity with and within our community, including especially the most vulnerable among us. So as we come to our Thanksgiving celebrations this week, let us remember that we might not have been, but for God's kindness, are. Let us share the bounty of bread and wine and other first fruits with God's beloved and let us remember God's inclusive generosity and extend it to others. Amen.